read just my plain old big mouth. Uh, if you didn't hear me, I just want to say you is blessed uh, to have the have the uh, the resources you have to be able to be led in worship the way. Uh, all the folks up here on the platform did. We're all over the place, someplace different every weekend. Uh, and uh, I'm telling you, just not everybody. I'll say it this way. Few people, few churches have the resources that y'all have. So I just praise God for that. Y'all picked some of my favorite songs. That Revelation song, I, I don't know what I was going to do, but I was going to embarrass me or embarrass the, y'all. I, I was ready to get up and shout or something, you know. Uh, so uh, anyhow... Uh, thank you all, and thank you, worship leaders. Uh, thank you, church, for uh, embracing Matt and Jessica over the years. They're dear friends to us. Uh, thank you. I know that uh, he and I were on staff together, and he came from there to here, and he's been here at one capacity or another for a long time. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, uh, we love them. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we've been friends for a long, long time, back before... It was uh, Matt and Jessica. It was just Matt and then Jessica. So uh, their kid, uh, they know my kids. Uh, they've served together. We have common relationships. Uh, uh, Brian's uh, brother-in-law is uh, the pastor of the church where my son is the worship leader. See, they just uh, a lot of that kind of stuff, connections that we, uh, that we all have in life. Uh, I want to say thank you for letting Life Touch Hospice uh, and the Medical Center of South Arkansas join with you in partnering to love people in our communities in a very, very special way. Uh, uh, we don't do the ministry. Y'all do the ministry to people like that. Y'all know that. Y'all seeing them, visiting them, praying for them, telling them how much you're loving them, giving them food and all that stuff. And then we come alongside y'all and try to add some compassion and dignity and a special love at a special time of life. So uh, Life Touch Hospice always wants to say thank you, uh, the community, for letting us come alongside y'all uh, as we all do ministry in the areas, in, uh, in places that's so, uh, so special. Well, I want to uh, begin by... Just kind of, we've got to get this one thing straight before I go any further. And this, uh, I've got two group participation things going on right now. But uh, can, I know y'all had trouble hearing me, but can y'all see this? Okay, here's the group participation thing. If you have never taken a bite of an apple in your whole life, never ever, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Okay, can... Can we assume this before we go any further, that we all a bunch of apple eaters? Is that okay? Raise your hand if you think we can assume that from now on. Okay, group participation. Uh, Y'all are really a great group. Uh, uh, so we all are a bunch of apple eaters. Just remember that as we, uh, as we move on uh, through the morning. Okay, the other thing that I want to... Uh, ask you to participate in is uh, do you recognize that the, the, somebody just say what that is don't say it's an apple well okay well I know we know that <laughs> I don't hear well y'all do like somebody say it out loud 
It's a logo of what? Apple computers. Now, what, there's Gates and Jobs, one, uh, who did Apple and who did Microsoft, but y'all know, job, did he do, is this his? Uh, the Apple computer. Okay, here's, uh, here's my thought, uh, is this. Uh, uh, and this is kind of our thought for today. So, brother, if you go ahead and do that first click on the screen, and we don't know each other, so we'll just have to talk through that, okay? Amen. All right, here's our thought for today. Uh, the difference an apple makes. Now, I just wonder when computers started if they had any idea how much difference this was going to make. I promise you tomorrow, now, I'm a chaplain. Now, I'm not a, in a high-tech profession or anything like that. I'm a chaplain. By the time I get to work in the morning at 8 o'clock, I will have uh, messed around with three, possibly four, computers. That's before I get to work. That's just getting up, doing my telephone. I might do my home computer. I've got one computer at the hospital I've got a chart on. I've got another computer I've got to put that in. Four devices before 8 o'clock tomorrow. I wonder if uh, those guys had any idea how much difference the computer will make. Now, let me just uh, get, uh, uh, compare it with something. Up until now, probably the single uh, most life-changing device, not maybe the single most, but one of the most life-changing things that happened that changed the culture of the world was uh, the printing press. You know, people did, I always say this, that people, we didn't know nothing about nothing till we were able to get books and for information to begin to spread uh, because of the invent, inventing of the printing press. I think in about the 1400s, the Gutenberg printing press was invented. They say maybe Chinese had some back as far as 400, but it was that Gutenberg press that Woof! Information everywhere. It changed the transfer of knowledge in a cultural changing way throughout the entire world. Now, that didn't compare to the computers. Changed the world. Changed the culture of the world. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a place in the Bible that changed the cultural culture of mankind a million times more than that, or even more than that. So I'm going to ask you to turn to this chapter in your Bible, Genesis chapter 3. Now, I know you're already saying, oh, Brother Bob, Matt, we've heard about this all our life. Well, I know I have too. But this is that account of, uh, of the fall of mankind, okay? And we're going to kind of look through this, and we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it from a, a perspective that I think is uh, important to you and I as believers, and I think it's Im important as, the uh, as a church to consider this. We're going to talk about the difference an apple made. Now, it, I, I know we're going to talk about uh, Eve eating an apple. I know it wasn't an apple, or we don't know what it was. We, it was a for, forbidden fruit, but for the sake of conversation today, 
we're going to call it the apple, okay? Because that's kind of what everybody thinks of it as, okay? All right, uh, now I'm going to, I want to, this is a, a slide that I just put in this morning. Let's look at this next slide. Oh, you can't hardly see the apple in the middle. Can y'all figure that one out? All right, now here's the, here's a perspective I'm going to ask us to take. Uh, in your life and in my life, this is going to happen. Sin is going to raise its ugly head. Now, uh, if you don't think so, you need to get your head out of the sand. Sin is going to raise its little head, and it's going to position itself right in front of you if it hasn't already today, it'll probably happen before the day's over with. It already happened to me. I'll tell you, this is, I'll try to say this properly. When I was, I said, I want, that, I want a picture like that to show these good people at Emmanuel. And when I was clicking through that, well, you wouldn't believe the pictures in the Google image, what kind of pictures they show you of uh, an apple in a person's hand. Women with no clothes, stuff like that. See, I hadn't even got dressed good this morning, and already sin was raising its little ugly head right before me this morning, and that's something that I had to understand what I do in my life when that kind of thing happens. Well, we're going to kind of look and uh, walk through uh, chapter 3, and we're going to kind of look... Uh, uh, what we need look at what we need to understand when this when you know the picture is better back there if you don't look back there all right but anyhow whenever sin raises its head what are, what's the kind of dynamics that take uh, takes place so we're just going to sort of walk through uh, uh, chapter three and just talk about verses as we go all right so the first thing that I want to talk about when we talk about the difference an apple makes is this the difference an apple makes, uh, it makes a difference in, in what you think about God. It makes a difference in what you think about God. And let me just read a little bit of this and explain what uh, I mean by that. Read with me uh, verses uh, 1 through 3. We're going to kind of look at two major things. And what we're going to look at first is uh, it's, it's kind of a, a God issue. When sin raises its ugly head uh, and we understand the difference that it can make in our, our life, it, there's, a, there's a God issue, a God thing that's going to be taking place in the dynamics of when that happens. And uh, in verses uh, 1 through 3, we're going to see the first thing. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say... You must not eat from any uh, uh, tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but uh, God did say you must not eat uh, fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, uh, and uh, you must not touch it or you will die. Uh, the first thing that we, uh, I want us to consider is this. This is the God issue part. See, sin is uh, raising its ugly head, and the first thing that came into play was God's Word. It may, listen, it makes a difference uh, to us 
uh, uh, God's Word does in dealing with things that are an opportunity for sin. Uh, here's the kind of a thought. It, we're going to be challenged by what we know or what we don't know about God. Now, I just want to tell you, we need to understand the Word of God if we're going to understand what sin even is and the, different, uh, the multiple ways that uh, sin can attack us. We need to understand. Uh, 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 we need to understand the Word of God, and that's the first thing that the serpent did here. He challenged God's Word. Uh, challenging God's Word will be the first thing that we need to consider. Look at verses four and five. Uh, then the uh, serpent says, uh, "You will not uh, uh, surely or certainly die." For the uh, serpent said to the woman, "For God knows that when you eat from." Uh, from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, uh, knowing good and evil. Uh, one of the things that's challenged for us to know is the Word of God. Uh, the other thing that's challenged is the character of God. S the Satan, the serpent here, told Eve that God was a liar. He challenged the understanding that uh, Eve had about the nature and the uh, character of God. Now, I just want to say this. Uh, I'm going to put a, uh, one up next, the next screen. I want you to just brand it in your heart. Uh, uh, we need to be students of the Word of God. Uh, we need to be students so we'll understand what the Bible says uh, as God wants to reveal himself to us and illuminate our hearts. We need to understand the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. We can't just put it on the shelf if for no other reason so that we'll be able to uh, fend off the uh, sin whenever it's put before us. As we study the Word of God, then we understand the character of God. Now, I want to just say this. This is one of those things I want you to just brand that in your mind and your heart and consider this. If you think little about God, if you study little, you consider him little, if you, think very, if you think a little about God, then you are easy prey for sin. You're easy prey for Satan if you think a little about God. If you don't study much, if you don't consider who God is, his nature, his character, his attributes, what he says about this, what he says about that, who we are in Christ, how we're to live out the abundant life, if those things are not important to you, look out. You are easy prey for sin. You think about the animal kingdom. Listen, that an alligator doesn't go out there and uh, attack the elephants because the elephants are strong. An alligator doesn't attack the, the hippopotamus because the hippopotamus is strong. Even in the animal world, an, uh, in the animal world, the weak are the ones that's preyed upon. In the spiritual world, if we're weak, we're the ones that Satan's going to want to prey on because we don't understand the difference because we're weak in the Word of God, because we don't understand the difference because we're weak in understanding the character of God. So that's a, this is the first thing that's taking place. It's a, it's a God issue. It's about when sin uh, raises its ugly head, it's a God issue that uh, makes it that makes a difference in the things we understand about God's word and we understand about His character. Okay, 
let me let us consider the next part of this kind of what's taking place. The next thing we want to consider is this in uh, um, the difference an apple makes. Now the last one was a a God issue. This one is a is a me issue. Uh, a difference in what you want for yourself versus a, a difference in your, our understanding of the Word of God. This one is about, it makes a difference about what we want for ourselves or a me issue. Let me just read 6, verse 6. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree, saw uh, that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she uh, took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and, and he uh, ate it. There's a process that took place here, and we need to understand that process. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, we, we live in a culture and a society in the United States that we would call a a consumer culture. Now, the our consumer culture it, it's a good thing as far as uh, our economy and things like that. If we're going to be a capitalistic economy, that's going to be based on on buying stuff and uh, and business and things like that. So, and there's not anything inherently wrong with being a consumer culture. It's just that as a child of God, we've got to understand we can't be driven with, by a consumer thought. Uh, if we're driven by the consumer thought, here's what's going to happen. We're going to always be wanting something. We're going to want this, and we're going from, from that we're going to want this, and then, then we're going to want that, and then we're going to raise up kids that all they, do, all they want to do is just want stuff. All the time, I want this, I want this, I want this. My lands, I got grandkids now. I'll go, well, how in the world did they get where they want stuff all the time? And then I realized, well, because that's how I taught my kids to be, then I got to thinking, how come I didn't do that? Well, we just didn't have stuff, so we didn't want stuff. The culture, society, was not as strong when I was growing up as it was when my kids and generation and generation. We're a consumer culture, not inherently wrong unless it begins to drive us, and it is driving our culture because we all the time are wanting something. Okay, now having said that, let me talk about the, the process of how that can be, how that can be sin, okay? Now, uh, I want to uh, not be specific with this, uh, but as I talk about it, you'll go, yeah, there's some things that will come, uh, come to my mind or come to your mind. Look at this process. And in this process, the first thing that happened was uh, when sin was put before Eve, the first thing she did was what? She saw. She saw the apple. Now, I just want to say this. There's not anything inherently wrong with just seeing something like that. She did. She saw it. Uh, in our day and time, we may, uh, we may see stuff. I think of the guys, we might see a truck. 
uh, girls, you might see a, a outfit or uh, something for the house. We're seeing stuff all the time. Uh, sometimes uh, we might, uh, there might be something or somebody we see, and then our imagination begins to see things in that. And maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not okay. But when this uh, 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 sin raised its head, the first thing that happened was uh, Eve saw the, uh, the apple. She saw the fruit of the tree. Now, what was the next thing that happened? Then things began to get a little stickier. Then she desired for it. She saw that it would be good and pleasing. Now, she'd done just fine better without it, wouldn't she? But she uh, saw that, well, you know what? If I had that apple, it'd be a good thing. If I had that apple, it'd be pleasing to my life. Uh, the next step in the process is when we begin to have an urge for something, and now we're beginning to discover, well, that's not necessarily what ought to be in my life. But we have an urge for it, and we have a lust for it. Uh, the next step is that is that of benefit. Then she said, "Woo, that's going to be good and pleasing." You know what? I'm going to get smart. I'm gonna I'm gonna gain wisdom. First she saw it. Then she went, "Hmm, I kind of like to have that." And third was, "Hmm, my life is going to be, be better with it." Now there's not anything wrong with having desires in our life to better our life and things like that. But not everything that comes along uh, are, uh, are what God wants to be in our life. Some of them are a little harder to understand than others. Some of them, it's obvious that that's not supposed to be in our life. You know, I, we, uh, we used to do uh, marriage enrichment things, and we learned back then that uh, boys and girls think differently about stuff. And here's what will happen to boys, because God made them this way, as long as they put it in the right place, is us guys notice how good-looking you girls are. There's not anything wrong with that. As long as it stays in that first step, that we just happen to see it. Now, four of you girls go, yeah, that's where y'all are. Uh, this is how y'all are. God made y'all where men say the right thing the right time. You liked the way he was nice to you, then you notice. Why didn't my husband do me like that? Y'all like that. Y'all like for people to treat y'all like a woman should be treated. Well, seeing those things is not wrong. That's how God made us. It's when once we see those things, then we start to go, hmm, you know what? There's just a little urge going on there. Then we go, hmm, maybe my life would be better off like that. You could say that about a truck. You could say that about buying something you don't have enough money for. You could say that about a lot of things. Sight, desire, benefit, and then to give in to it. Then the sin is consummated. She ate it. She did what she was not supposed to do. The process of sin 
that's the us side of that thing. But see, it's really, really, really good for us, us to understand the Word of God and the character of God so we'll know how to process these things as we go through life. But if we're not familiar with the Word of God, we're not familiar with uh, God's character, we're going to have a hard time processing some of this stuff that comes at us in life. It came at me this morning on my computer just trying to find that picture. It's going to happen all the time. Go ahead and put the, the process, the, the for me part. Here's the, here's the one I want you to brand it in there. If you want a lot for yourself, you're easy prey. If you all the time won't, 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 you're easy prey. Sound out, Brother Bob, ain't nothing wrong with wanting. I'm not going to, you take that up with Paul. When Paul said, I've been, uh, I've been wealthy, I've been poor, I've been sick, I've been well, I've been beaten and left for dead. But Paul said, I learned to be content in all things. And a consumer culture uh, is contrary to contentment unless we understand the Word of God, understand His character, and we can have stuff put in front of us. If we don't put it in place, we're just going to have a desire to won't, 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 won't all the time. How many of y'all seem to recognize this in our culture? Am I the only one? Listen, that's why, I'm not saying you, that's what you become. That's when you and God, I don't even know you, except the ones I play golf with. They're good guys, too. Uh, our culture's gotten like this. So what I want us to understand is that if we're all the time wanting, we are easy prey. Now, I'll tell you, if, the, if sin puts, even if, if as we want things, sin raises its ugly head, we know what to do about it if we understand the things that we're talking about, uh, talking about today. Uh, the last thought, and it's a lot of verses, so I'm not going to say them all, but the last thought is this. <laughs> Difference an apple makes in what you get as a result. What did, uh, what did Adam and Eve get as a result of giving in to sin and doing what was put before them? We had the God issue, then we had the me issue. This is a God and me issue. This is a God and me issue. Uh, I'm going to read selected verses out of uh, uh, 1 17 uh, through 24 uh, uh, just for the sake of time on this. But let me just tell you, here's the, the difference it makes is in what we get as a result. What we get as a result of sin is consequences of sin consequences of sin. Now, uh, there's a principle in Scripture that's as real as gravity. 
I'll tell you how real gravity is. Ain't anybody in this room going to jump off of high things because of gravity. It's a, it's a principle that's real. The principle of you reap what you sow is just as real as gravity. You try to live a life going, I'm going to ignore that one. Then there's going to be consequences of ignoring the truth in Scripture that what we sow, that we shall reap. So, uh, uh, let me read some of these consequences. In verses uh, uh, all through 18 and 19, we see that there are these earthly consequences. Things that happen right now, I call them these natural consequences. These kind of consequences we can see. For the devil, his consequence in verse 14 was that he's going to have to crawl on his belly, he's going to have to eat dust, and his head's going to be crushed by Jesus Christ, I might add, down the road. Okay? Uh, that's a, a natural consequence that he's going to have to live with, that uh, he was going to crawl, eat dust, and his head was going to be crushed. Uh, for Eve, it was that she's going to have a, plain, a pain in childbirth, and the man rules over her. We won't get into that part right now, okay? But that's what Scripture says. In verse 17, Adam, his was that he's going to be cursed and he's going to have to work the ground uh, till he dies. The, they sinned. God says there are consequences of sin, and here's what it is with you. Now, uh, I pastored for a long time. Sue, 25, I don't know, 30 years, whatever. And I can't tell you the number of times somebody would come into me and they'd say, Brother Bob, we got to talk to you. And, they, and they'd come in, and they'd sit down and say, You got to pray for us. And they'd start telling me uh, what was going on in their life. And uh, uh, they said, Would you just pray for us? And, I, and I'd say, Well, tell me this, tell me that, tell me. And we would talk about it. And my advice to them ended up being, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You want me to pray for you in these circumstances and I'll do that but let me tell you what my advice to you is my advice to you is to understand your relationship with Jesus Christ better and start making good decisions in your life because you're making bad decisions in life that a believer and a steward of Jesus a disciple of Jesus Christ shouldn't be doing these things in our life and you're just living the consequences of the decision, decisions that you made. I can't tell you the number of people I talk to about that. Say, so, uh, but Brother Bob, we all know this, all this stuff. Well, if we all know this stuff, how come, we're, how come that happened so much? How come the believers in the church are having to live out consequences of bad behavior and bad decisions? See, now, I'm not talking about y'all again because I don't know y'all. But I've been in ministry a long, long time. And this dynamic happens to all of us. Every single one of us are going to be challenged by sin today. The other thing is super, uh, there's natural, there's supernatural consequences. Uh, and I have in these passages, there's, let me just uh, look at 21 through 24. And uh, 
it says the Lord made the garments, and it says that it goes on to say in 23, so Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. Who was in that garden? God. They were banished from that garden. You look at Cain and Abel in the next uh, passage, and in Cain and Abel where Cain committed a sin and killed Abel. Listen to what happened. He, Cain said, my punishment... My consequences are more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land. I'll be hidden from your presence. There's a supernatural consequence of being disobedient and giving in to the apple. Supernatural consequences. And it, uh, it manifests itself in a separation from God. They were banned from the garden... Uh, Cain was banned from the presence of God. There can be a separation from God. Now, uh, overall, spiritually, Scripture says the wages of sin is death. Death is a separation from God. So all people, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So one time or another, we've all done something to separate us from God. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a supernatural uh, consequence of sin. But there's that positional separation where I'm, uh, I'm not a child of God. But what about us that are believers and are a uh, child of God? There's a, there's a practical separation. Uh, people have told me over the years, they come in and say, Hey, Brother Bob, I just don't feel saved anymore. I just don't feel like I, it's not like it used to be. I just don't feel like uh, a child of God anymore. I just don't feel saved. Well, I, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons that can be, I guess. But you know what one that is not uncommon is? I'll talk to them. I'll say, just start talking to me about life. Invariably, here's what I'll find out. Sin in their life. Unconfessed, unrepented sin. A consequence of that. I don't think we can lose our salvation but I'm convinced it can get to be, it can feel like we're not saved anymore as a direct result of the supernatural consequence of sin in our life. Here's the way I describe it. Does anybody in the room know if hammers have feelings? I don't know either, but I'm just going to say this anyhow. <laughs> uh, if you took a hammer, a uh, hammer is made to do hammer things. And I'm sure when a hammer's doing hammer things, a hammer feels like a hammer because a hammer's busy about living a hammer life. But if you take a hammer and you, like, use it to stir the cornbread or something in a glass bowl, I use a glass bowl to do my cornbread, and crack, crack, you're gonna it's going to be a mess if you do that. Now, here's what I believe would happen, that a hammer, when a hammer's not doing hammer things, a hammer doesn't feel like a hammer anymore. Just a practical, makes sense thing, isn't it? I'm convinced a believer not living a believer life is not going to feel like a believer because a believer's not living like a believer ought to ought to be. If we're not, if we're a believer, we're in sin, unconfessed, unrepented sin. It's going to feel like God's not there just a practical, 
practical thing. Uh, my children, whenever they was in trouble and, uh, and they'd get a whipping, you know what? They didn't, they didn't feel so good about their relationship with their daddy. And be honest with you, I didn't feel real good about my relationship with them when they blatantly disobeyed me, sin. Uh, but you know what? They're still my children. Even when we're disobedient as a believer, we're still a child of God. We're still a child of God. But understand that if we persist and insist on giving in to this, then it's just not going to it just not going to feel right in a practical way. Okay, so put the next slide up there. All of this, this is a perspective of what took place in an individual way with Adam and Eve. Uh, today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. This going to come to me. It's going to come to you. My prayer is that we understand all of these things and that we're strong in the Word of God and and we don't have an insatiable appetite for things and that we got something going on in our life. We we take care of it. Uh, this is going to happen. What difference an apple makes that's multiplied millions and million times more than a printing press in the computer is this. <laughs> Don't you love it? Go ahead and put that next one up. That changed mankind more than anything. That as this happens, and whenever it happens to us, Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. That's the biggest, the greatest multiplied times a billion change in our culture that ever happened. Jesus uh, died on the cross as God's demonstrating his love toward us and that while we're yet little apple eaters, Jesus Christ died for us. Amen? That's a good part. That's a good part of this story. And the next verse says this. If we confess our sins, now I'll tell you something what Scripture says. It said, Brother Bob, this is Scripture. Scripture says, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In First John, it says to the church, that's me and you, if we say we sin not, we call God a liar. So even as believers, we slip and we fall. But Scripture says if we'll confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. Well, go ahead and put that last slide up. The difference an apple makes for me and for you, the most important thing, is to understand the difference it makes is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. 
Hey, this is Matt Overall, I'm the pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Just want to say thanks so much for watching our services, whether through our television ministry or our online ministry. We appreciate you so much being a part of Emmanuel Baptist Church, and we'd love to have you come and join our worship service. Uh, Sunday morning service starts at 10.30. Our small groups start at 9.30. And we'd love to have you be a part of it. We've got a lot of different ministries that happen at Emmanuel, from our children and youth that's focused on Wednesday nights to our uh, women's Bible studies that happen throughout the week. We'd love to have you be a part of everything that's going on here at Emmanuel. Thanks for watching.